Another prayer request. This one. Any other prayer requests? Yes. Any other prayer requests? None? All right. Let's go to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we ask that you come in this place, God. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, Lord. We thank you for another day, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God, Lord. We thank you for another day of being in our right mind, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Where would we be without you, God? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Continue to touch us, God. Lord, continue to guide us, God. Lord, continue to give us the wisdom that we need, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just want to praise you, God. You are so wonderful, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, touch everybody that's here, God. In the name of Jesus. Any kind of healing that's needed, God. In the name of Jesus. We believe it, God. Any doubts in our mind, God. Lord, we ask that you just take it, God. In the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Lord, touch Brother Julius, God, as he travels, God. Him and his family, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's asking for safe traveling, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Lord, anybody else that is traveling, God, we're asking for safe travels, God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Anything the devil's trying to do with God, we bind it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Lord, touch Maria Guadalupe, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, God, to set up a testimony, God. 
In Jesus' name, God. Healing. She needs healing, God. In Jesus' name, God. Well, we're asking that you send her to the place that you want her at, God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Lord, touch Sister Christina, God. Lord, touch her mind, God. Lord, that she's obedient to whatever answer you give her, God. In the name of Jesus. She's asking that you do it, God. Hallelujah. You've done it before for her, God. Do it again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, touch the bishop tonight, God, as he brings forth the word, God. That it falls on good ground, God. Hallelujah, that we bring forth fruit, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Continue to touch the church, God, and every member in here, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want to give you one more praise, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Any prayer requests? I mean, I'm sorry. Thank you. Testimonies. <laughs> Any testimonies? None? Okay. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Any other testimony? Yes. Blessing. <laughs> that is definitely a blessing. <laughs> Any other testimonies? No? All right, Bishop. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Um, <clears throat> tonight, I want to do a study on uh, tithe and giving, offerings and sacrificial giving. We don't, we don't do a lot of teaching, or it's not often that we teach on giving compared to uh, what I hear from other ministries. But, but, uh, uh, God wants you to know this now. If we get into it, we'll talk a little bit about why. Um, there's a theory and a teaching that has been going around in the church over the past few years saying that tithe is not for the church. You know, uh, tithe is old covenant and tithe is the law. And, you know, I think I lost a friend because of that. You know, I send out a message every evening, and, and this, and one of the messages I sent out that explained or I talked about a little bit of what we're going to talk about tonight. You know, and uh, this this quit communicating with me for the most part, anyway. But but uh, um, uh, some pastors don't even use the word or the term uh, tithe anymore. However, they strongly believe in giving and offering. Um, they not only don't turn down money given, but they preach frequently about how you should give. And some even have prophetic words connected to numbers of scriptures that you should give. Like God laid this on my heart, you know, second something, whatever, whatever. So you should give this much. In fact, I heard a man on television just the other night saying that everybody, you should give $600. He had an amount that everybody should give. And 
of course, if you don't have $600, then you should give 200 And then, you know, it went on down. No, I'm serious. This really happened. You know, if you don't have it tonight, then you could, you know, put it on your card or something like that. But, but um, uh, uh, that's been something that's been going on. And um, uh, you plant seed into this church because it's good ground and you'll reap a large harvest. Uh, but I think subtly, they may be saying one-tenth is not all you have to, are obligated to give because tithe, of course, means a tenth. The issue may just be with the word tithe. Whatsoever the case, uh, it is better to just stick to or with the word of God, what God said, and, and, and not make assumptions because they go along with something else you have adapted. So I want to I want to just share what God has given me. If you will, let's look at Leviticus chapter twenty-seven and verse thirty. Leviticus twenty-seven and verse thirty. It says, "And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord." So the tithe of the land, God, God said. It, it is, it's the Lord's, whether it's the seed or the fruit, whichever is his. In uh, uh, Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, it says, Will a man rob God? Uh, yet you have robbed me, but you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. He says, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God says that you're robbing him if you, if, if you do not tithe. Why? Because it already belongs to him. It already belongs to him. And uh, I think one of the one of the um, one of the uh, mistakes or misunderstandings that people have is that when they're tithing, they're giving money to God. But no, it's already His. This is the Bible says it's His, and um, He provided you with an increase of which He says ninety percent of it is yours to do whatever you desire. But 10% of it belongs to me. It belongs to God. What he says, the tithe belongs to me. I, I, I want to refer to, to another scripture also that, that talks about this because, again, you know, um, one of the explanations that people have given is that it's old covenant or that's a part of law and we don't live by the law. We're under grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, uh, uh, he says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. But every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Praise God. So uh, he's giving a, a rule unto them, uh, speaking to them about how they should give. And, you know, if you give sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Obviously, the more you uh, sow, the more you'll reap. And that's the teaching. In Proverbs eleven twenty four, it says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. So uh, God, he's teaching in this particular scripture, to write in Proverbs, teaching that, the more you try to hold on to it, the less you have. You know, uh, uh, when it comes to your, your yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, that's a. I, I want to share with you tonight that God has a system uh, uh, for prosperity that's different than the world for for gaining income or whatever like that or getting money. You know, that's the purpose of it. that's what God wants you to understand. So we're talking about. We not. I'm not talking about hey. You need to give, and y'all ain't giving me this, and I need to buy me a house and all that. I'm like, that's not, you know, because you know our thing of giving. 
It's your responsibility to give. That's between you and God. And you understand that. And we're only taking an offering on Sunday morning. We're not chasing you down every time we open the doors past the hat. You give as you understand God says for you to give. Just like that. I'm not following you around to make sure you're not fornicating. So I'm not chasing you around to make sure you got money. However, <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you go do these things, you know, but you know, you know what I mean. But anyway, uh, the Bible teaches you on this. It says, you see in these passages that the Bible compares your giving to sowing and reaping. And uh, there's a record uh, uh, of God causing this process to work in your life, even in difficult or impossible financial times. So it, it doesn't matter what's going on. Like, you know, people, oh, the economy is bad. Or I'm not having much money. And, and we all know the story of, of, uh, of Isaac when God told Isaac to go to Gerar. Uh, in Genesis 26, 1 through 6, it says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And uh, the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto the, the, uh, thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments and my statutes and my laws and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And then uh, uh, it talks about how Isaac went there and he did the same thing his daddy did. Uh, that's not my wife. That's my sister. And, of course, they caught him lying and whatever. And, of course, when the man found out, he said, okay, nobody touch this man. Bless him and whatever. If you pick up in verse 12, that same chapter, it said, Then Isaac sold in that land and received in that same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And he had possessions and flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. In other words, he, he, while they were in the famine, he went there and he sold because God told him, I want you to go there. I'm going to take care of you. Just do what I tell you. And he did what God told him and he reaped a hundredfold in the famine. So it didn't matter that, you know, we having a time of depression or whatever they were having. They had a famine, you know, uh, in our time when you, the economy is bad or we can't work or we can't have money and that sort of thing. Uh, but with God's system, uh, it, that doesn't affect you. We have been accustomed to living according to the world system of prospering and not God's. In the world system, the more you work, the better job you have whatever like that, the more money you get, you can gain wealth and that sort of thing. Uh, uh, this message is not to say that you don't give if you do, uh, but to inform you that there's a system established by God that is fail-proof. God's system is fail-proof. If you give, you know, and, and, and most of us, uh, people who are blessed, they always have a testimony of a time when they had very little. I, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a job. I didn't have much money. I had to borrow money from the church, the pastor, whatever. I had to get this. My parents helped me. You know, uh, when, when Camille and I got first saved, the man and his wife, the man who witnessed to me, he and his wife and his mother-in-law and his daughter moved into our one-bedroom apartment with us. His wife was the only person in the whole bunch working. You understand? <laughs> and that kept us afloat. She cooked and all that kind of stuff. Nobody paid our rent. You know, by the time we got ready to, uh, God got ready to really do things, you know, I had to go get a job. I found out that all this stuff, this ain't happening, whatever you've been telling me about this ministry, that ain't going to work. So I need a job. And uh, if you were here, you heard my testimony. Uh, um, I, uh, they evicted us from our apartment, and I went to court to be evicted. They didn't just tell me you have to leave. I had to go to court and everything. 
And I went down to the court and the judge called me up and everything. And I said, yes. He said, well, it says here, you know, he said the name of the company that owned the complex says that you haven't paid your rent for three months or whatever, like touch and touch. He says, is that true? I, yes, that's true, Your Honor. He said, okay. And well, what do you plan on doing about it? I said, well, I get paid today, you know, and I'm going to get a check and I'll be able to pay them tomorrow. So he looked at the lawyer and said, well, did you tell the, the manager that? Yes, I told him that. He doesn't care. Okay. All right. So I walked down the hall. I went in the elevator and the lawyer for the apartment complex ran and jumped in the elevator with me. And, you know, he told me, what do you, you know, whatever. I said, well, I, like I said, I get paid today and whatever. Did you talk to Doug? Yes, I told Doug. Doug doesn't care. So <laughs> I got in my car and I drove home. It was like driving from, you know, uh, uh, North Omaha to West Omaha. He would live in New Orleans East. So I drive from downtown all the way down to New Orleans East. And I noticed when I got off the interstate, this car was following me. And I pulled into a little spot right by our door in the apartment complex. And the guy got out of his car and he says, this way you live. I said, yeah, whoever you are, <laughs> you know. And he said, I'm the person who's going to execute the sequestration, you know, putting you out the apartment. You know, I worked for the sheriff's department, whatever, whoever you worked for. And uh, he said, if you haven't paid your rent by tomorrow, I'm going to put your furniture on the lawn. That's what he says, you know. And I said, okay. In my mind, I was thinking, devil, it's too late to try to scare me now. Because <laughs> God already did it, you know. And I got paid, and, you know, I paid the rent, and we stayed there until we moved, you know. Um, but uh, 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 I'm just sharing with you that even people that, people that are blessed, they have a, a, a testimony of when God, no, God got me through that. And even in that time, I was obeying God's will. You know, like, like uh, you know, people laugh at me when I say this, but I literally, one time I remember, I had about 78 cents. I don't know how much it was. I know just quarters and nickels and pennies and dimes. And I put that in church. That's all I have, you know. Uh, but these are things that, that, you know, God wants you to understand that if you work with his system, it's fail-proof. It will never, ever fail. Um, uh, you know, uh, also, I have this testimony. Like, that's because, again, you, this church is not among people that are not giving or whatever. Or, you know, like, um, we are a blessed church. We're, we're very blessed church. Uh, we're not putting on dinners or car washes or bake sales or whatever to pay for the transportation ministry or we have special collections for the building ministry. You know, we don't, we don't do that or any other bills. God told me, oh gosh, right before we moved into this building, he had me to make out what would be a budget for the church. Uh, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to operate. And one of the things he told me is you have to give to some ministry in God's kingdom. The church needs to give to the kingdom of God. How can you tell people the importance of giving and the church itself doesn't give? That's what he told me. So, you know, I pray, okay, God, whatever you say. And then God identified um, a ministry for us to give, and I gave. So nothing will stop our blessing. Nothing will stop our blessing. We'll always be blessed. In fact, I was at a church service, um, uh, somebody's anniversary, and the gentleman who was preaching, I didn't recognize him or know him, but he obviously had been here before. And he started talking about, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know, he was talking about, yeah, praise God, brother, you know. Amen. You know, I don't know what he was talking about, but I, I, apparently he was here one time, and I spoke about how the building is paid for. And his thing was how people be doing all that stuff to get money for themselves. And the church, they selling dinners and stuff to pay for the church, but you hustling for yourself, for yourself personally. So he was used to me like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, brother. Okay, yeah. I guess and evidently the point he was making uh, went along with uh, part of what God asked us to do. But it's a fact, you know, our building is paid for and whatever else, the van is paid for, so we don't have to do that, the, the, you know, but we do give. We continue to give. Um, 
one day, several years ago, I was here with another minister, and um, it must have been a Monday or something, and I showed them what had been collected on that Sunday morning. And I think it was about $230. And 120 of it I had given. No, I'm serious, that really happened. And the person asked me, they said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, uh, I'm going to put this in the bank like I would if it was $2,000. I don't know what you mean, what am I going to do? I'm going to put it in the bank. We're going to keep going. We're going, you know, this church. Um, my point was, is that I had no fear that we were in any kind of trouble. We weren't then and we aren't now. Um, we're using God's system of prosperity. God's system is you give a plant and you reap. Very simple. You don't have to be an investment wizard or anything like that. It's just a simple plan. But that's God's system. And, and uh, um, I'll show you, there's a scripture that talks about uh, that I think I have in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24 or something. I don't even think I have it in here, but it talks about you should work so that you have to give to, to people that's in need, to the poor. Pull, pull that up for me, Tracy. Ephesians 4. And I think it's 24 or 28, one of them. 28? Yeah. It said, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. You're working so you have money to give. I, I remember one time when, when, when um, I, I was, uh, you know, part of, my, part of my conditions for being a pastor when I was telling God what I was going to do and what I wasn't going to do and stuff like that. Okay, I'll be a pastor, but, you know, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, is, you know, um, I'm not selling no um, prayer cloths and no holy water or anything like that. I'll work. And I, I want to work so I can have money to give like that. But, but you know, it's just a matter of understanding God's system. In Luke 6 and verse 38, it said, Given it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom with the same measure that uh, you meet with all it shall be measured to you again. Uh, when, when I was just a, a member of a church before and uh, pastors in the churches that I we went to uh, on, on some occasions, they would ask me to teach. Uh, Brother Moat and I have to be out of town. Can you teach the Sunday school this morning? Or do you do this? Or can you speak this evening or something like that? And I would say yes. And um, of course, I would say yes. And um, they would always give me a check. And uh, just what I felt, that's not a rule, but just for me, I felt like all I should do is sign the check and put it in the offering basket. Because I was really, my thought was, well, you can't pay me. This is just part of my offering to the church, to the kingdom of God. I'm not, you don't have to pay me for this, you know, like that. Uh, so um, uh, one of the things that happened is, because I also was tithing and giving, you know, um, is that they were, they were giving to me. God said the people are going to give into your bosom. And, you know, people have given to me. I, I just gave it back. Deuteronomy 24 and uh, 25 rather than 4 says, Thou shalt not muzzle ox that treads out the corn. This is a law. This is a rule that God gave um, uh, about giving because he was talking about providing the ministry with something to live on. Uh, if you understand when when uh, the tribes were separated out and everything, the Levites or the tribe who were the, the who did the ministry, they didn't have any land, they didn't have any herds, they didn't have anything that the other people had. They lived off of what was given, the offerings, and the, when you bring these turtle doves and these sheep and these cattle. Once they cleaned it out and did all the things and sprinkled the blood and did what they did with it, the part that was there left, that's what they lived on. So, so uh, uh, God is teaching them. He said, look, don't muzzle the ox that treading out the corn. In other words, you don't want to cut off or kill off 
the thing that's providing you with what you really need. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 10, Paul refers to this. He said, for it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle an ox, uh, a muzzle a mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Does God take care of oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt this is written. In other words, he's saying that, he was, that was just a type of God showing you something that would be for a time now. That he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. Praise the Lord. So uh, you see the same thing in 1 Timothy 5 and 18. He says, For the scripture said, Thou should not muzzle ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. So tithing is for now. Uh, it's not just old covenant. While it's included in the law, this practice began long before the law. Abraham paid tithe. Uh, 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 you know, the law came with Moses. The apostle Paul refers to the old covenant teaching one of the reasons why we should give. And then th there's another uh, thing that God teaches along this line. And, and uh, we should invest in God's kingdom first and trust that we will not be without whatever we need. And the Bible tells us the account of a prophet Elijah and a widow woman who was down to her last meal for her and her son. And Elijah instructed her to give to him a minister of God first. And you can see her results. First Kings 17, uh, beginning in verse 9. He said, Arise, get thee uh, to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Now, you, you, you should understand that just before this happened, God had told uh, uh, Elijah that there was a famine again. And uh, he told Elijah, I want you to go down to this brook. And he drank the water from the brook, and God had ravens come and bring in meat and stuff to eat. Okay, the brook dried up like it would naturally. And God said, okay, now that that's done, I want you to go here. It might look bad, but we're not done yet. So, so he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the woman, the widow woman was there gathering up sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel. That I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, uh, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the uh, saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. So she had very little. But what she had, she gave to God first. She gave to God first. This is this this, this is part of God's system. I, I don't know if you if you get that or not, but He has a system whereby it, it won't fail. You know, you, you don't have anything to worry about uh, when it comes to uh, being cared for or sustained or whatever the case might be. Um, uh, some <laughs> some some people I know in ministry. They don't mind being Elijah when it talks about being prophetic and that sort of thing, but they don't want to go to the brook and that sort of thing, you know. I have to go through that piece of, you know, trusting God and believing him for your to be sustained. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 15, it says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food, and multiplied your seed sown, and increased the fruit of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto 
God, while by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal, uh, liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. So, so uh, uh, basically what this passage is telling us is that when you sow into God's kingdom, he will give you provision and multiply the seed that you've sown. In other words, you're not just, uh, um, you know, and he used examples of things that, you know, it's a um, perfect example to use this sowing and reaping thing because you know that if you plant something, let's say corn, for instance, if you plant some corn, well, uh, a, a stalk of corn is going to grow up and on it, it's going to have lots of heads of corn or whatever, cobs of corn. And if you only got one cob of cone, uh, corn, you would probably have 10 times what you planted. But you have a whole stalk that with lots of uh, uh, cobs of corn on it. So, so what God is giving you is an example of, of what he does. This is how my system works. This is how you plant, and I'm going to supply you with the seed to plant, and then I'm going to multiply the seed that you sow. But not only that, because we're talking about your life, this is going to increase, increase the fruits of your righteousness. It's not just about what you're going to get, what you're giving, and what you're going to get. This, going, this, this has to do with righteousness. Praise the Lord. And uh, not only that, it goes on to say that uh, he'll give you provision and multiply the seed that it's on, but it shows thanks to God. It shows that you're thanking God. It enriches others by proxy because it talks about now there's a distribution from what you gave other people now can give. So, so it's a continuing gift. That's why I ended with thanks be to God for his, for his unspeakable gift. You can't, it, it's unspeakable. So it, it's a continuing gift that he's providing uh, or that he's uh, having you to enter into. Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 through 5 says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power uh, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And this they did not, as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. So, so basically, uh, uh, what, what, what he explains here uh, to the Corinthians, he's talking about the Macedonians. They have a great testimony about their giving. Even though they seemed to have nothing, they gave, and it was joyful to them. But the Macedonians gave understanding the cause. That, that, that's basically what he's talking about. They understood the cause of what they were giving. In other words, they found that the cause of their giving was larger than their own needs and wants. Uh, like, well, uh, uh, basically they were saying, well, you know, <laughs> I could have a more expensive car or a more expensive house, but I'm going to give unto the kingdom of God because what it is, it's a cause for God. I, I want to see people saved more than I want to drive a more expensive car. I want to see people saved more than I want a, a larger home. Or whatever the case is, they, they, they had this understanding. They gave understanding that the cause was greater than what they might need or want. Now, I thought that was very interesting. Second Corinthians 8, uh, verses 9 through 15 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. And therein, uh, and herein I give my advice. For this is expedient for you. I, before we go on, I want to take in this scripture, 
uh, um, uh, God does not want you to be poor. You should understand that. He's not telling you you need to be poor. Because it says here that Jesus became poor. He, although he was rich, he became poor so that you could be rich through his poverty. Okay? You're not just talking about money. You're talking about rich in everything, graces and virtue and whatever. Righteousness, no. But also financially. God doesn't want you to be poor. That would be a poor testimony for him. Uh, because what he's trying to do is win people that are in the world who are attached to those kinds of things and ideas. If I'm going to win them, I can't win them by saying, come with me, I'll make you poorer than you are. <laughs> no, you should want to come here. You, uh, we can get you really broke. You think you broke now. Come, to, come get Jesus and be more poor than you are. That, that's not what he's doing. <laughs> so Paul says, and herein I give my advice. But this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. In other words, this was something you talked about you wanted to do. Now it's time to do it. That as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. For if there be first a willing mind is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not to uh, uh, that other men be eased and you burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. So he, he, Paul is explaining something to them, and again he's using something that happened in the Old Covenant uh, with Israel. He's explaining that this giving thing is in accordance with God's system of things. If you remember, when manna was given to Israel, they that gathered there uh, 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 was this e equality. Um, he that gathered much had, uh, not, had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. In Exodus 16, verses 17 18, you see that. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more and some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he, had, he uh, uh, that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack, that they gathered every man according to his eating. So, like, God always had a plan for, for you to be sustained. And he shows it in this. And Paul uses that reference when he's talking to the people uh, um, in this particular thing, again, about giving, about giving. And what God will do in response to it. All, all, all these passages of scripture, many of them, they, what they're doing is uh, more than telling you that you should give, although some of them do. What, what, what they're doing is explaining God's system, how God's system works. You, you know, like, like our, our system is this. You know, I'm going to get me a part-time job. I'm, you know, I need to make some more money because I want to do this. I'm saving up for this. I got to get this. I got to do this. Well, you could shortcut some of that stuff just by giving into God's kingdom. You know, because God has a different system than the world has. And most of us are attached to the world system because that's all we've known. And while it works in some situations, it doesn't work in everybody's situation because otherwise you wouldn't have pe some people saying, well, gee, I don't have enough, you know, uh, what have you. And, and in God's system, those that had more, they, they, they uh, or those that uh, uh, gathered much, they didn't have anything over. And those that gathered little, they didn't lack anything either. You know, praise the Lord. Uh, in 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19, he says that they do good, uh, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, 
laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So, so again, he's showing you this. To communicate simply means a pecuniary a liberal. That pecuniary is about money. That just talks about money, willing to communicate. In other words, he's saying that uh, one of the things that you do is be ready to distribute and willing to communi communicate, and you lay up and store for yourself a good foundation against the time to come that you can lay hold on eternal life. He's telling you how this is attached to righteousness, obedience to God, and how this has to do with uh, uh, also your entrance into glory with God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So, again, uh, the, the, the probably the biggest focus that God wants you to get out of this is that your tithing, your giving, your offering, sacrificial giving. Somebody sometimes people do. Uh, Jesus showed an example one time where people were giving, and Jesus uh, gave this example. He was in the place where they were, uh, uh, and they were giving, and he, he said this. He said all, all these people that gave this this woman, she gave these two mites. She gave more than anybody. Because they gave out of the riches that they have. She gave out of all she had. That's, that's all she had. She gave, she had about 78 cents. And she took my pocket. She said, I'm just able to put that in there. It ain't going to help. I can't live off of it, you know. I'll give it to God. Praise the Lord. But, but what God wants the church to understand is no, I have a system whereby there will be an equality. A man told me one time, a gentleman who went to another uh, church, that you know they were in the truth and everything. Uh, he he said one of the things that he could not understand is how everybody gonna be blessed. How can everybody be blessed? And he obviously he never read about when the manna was given. You know where there's an equality. God has a system that He works it where if you have a lot, you don't have anything extra, and if you got a little, you don't have any lack. Now I know that doesn't make sense, but that's because you're in the world. But that's a part of God's system. Giving, giving, giving. Yes, you need to have a job and do all the things that you do, but that's not what you're working for. You're not working to get rich. You're working to give. And if you do that, then that's God's plan of prosperity. Father, we thank you right now for teaching us and reaching us with all the things that you have to share with us. We ask, oh God, that uh, it minister to our souls, Lord, and that we're able to teach it to others. We ask, O oh God, that you continue to show us, O oh God, and teach us how this, all these things are connected to righteousness, their obedience to you, obedience to your word. And Lord, we want to be righteous. We want, you know, whatever you show us, Lord, that uh, uh, if this has to do with being righteous and obedient to you, we want to do that. Lord, it makes so much sense that if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. And, and, and God, we don't want to be grudging. We don't want to be uh, angry. We want to be cheerful in our giving. And Lord, we want to also reach the state of understanding the mind of the Macedonians. We want, we want, to, we want to understand, oh God, the cause. We want the cause of our giving to be greater than our need or our wants. We thank you, O oh God, for all the things that you do in our hearts. We thank you for preparing our hearts, O oh God, to be as you would have them to be. We bless you. We thank you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.